I think every day brings challenges to all of our lives. If you can't pick up how to get into last mile delivery for what they're doing, you're not trying very hard. It's easy to use. It's a web interface. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Right on Time with RouteSmart, your discourse destination for all things route planning, optimization, and logistics. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Right on Time with RouteSmart. My name is Matthew Kemney. I'm your host. And today, I'm lucky to be joined by one of my colleagues, Dave Oxenford, who's a implementation consultant for us. So we're here to share a great tale that highlights courage and teamwork. He exemplifies these qualities in the face of unexpected adversity. Uh, Dave was in Myrtle Beach uh, on vacation. I believe it was August 1st, you were there that week, and uh, they had a banner plane that crashed into the surf there at Myrtle. So why don't you set the scene for us and tell us uh, basically what you were doing and and what happened? Sure. So we were uh, just arriving at the beach at around 11 a.m. Uh, on that, I believe it was a Monday morning, and uh, set up our, our site and got all our umbrellas up. Uh, my wife and kids and my sister went down into the surf to play for a little bit while we were continuing to set up. And uh, we were a little burnt from the couple days before. So uh, me and my brother and dad were like, just let's hang out in the, the shade for a little while. And as we're hanging out there, we see a plane that's kind of hovering a little lower than normal, uh, but not thinking too much about it. Uh, and then we hear uh, the the engine sputter a little bit and then turn back over. It's not something abnormal to hear. The, uh, the engine uh, those banner planes when you're on the beach, um, but hearing it go off was a little concerning. So we're watching it, we're watching it, turns back on, and then it turns off. And at this point, um, we're watching it come into uh, the surf, uh, and it crashes down about 60 yards from where my family's pet, uh, playing in the surf and about 120 yards off the shore itself. So it wasn't near them uh, in the sense that they were in any real danger, uh, but it was a lot closer than I'd ever been to a plane crash before. Um, so when the plane crashed, we all um, were in a bit of shock for probably about 10, 15 seconds. But uh, I don't even know if it was that long. Um, got up out of our chairs and threw my my shirt and my sunglasses and my hat to my dad. And me and my brother raced off into the water. Uh with about seven to 12 other guys uh, initially were the first to kind of go out and um, see what was going on. So we made it out to maybe about 10, 15 feet away from the plane. And it was almost as lit as if uh, the 12 of us guys had practiced some kind of water rescue before, because we all made a semicircle around the plane spaced out pretty evenly. And there's actually a picture of it too. And, um, my wife was like, why are they just standing there? Why aren't they getting any closer? But all of us, I think, collectively had the thought of um, that this plane is fully submerged. Uh, the pilot is underwater right now. We do not know what we are about to find. And none of us are really prepared for that. Um, also, we don't know, is that plane going to blow up on us? Is a propeller going to mm-hmm. start back up on us? I don't know enough about aviation to know. Um, one of uh, the gentlemen who was closest to the plane, uh, where the cockpit was, Uh, started screaming out, hello, hello, and we heard a help me, help me in response. And at that point, then we all sprung into action uh, and got to the the plane and started to uh, 
lift up the wing and try to get some air in there. The plane was fully submerged, and uh, I'm, I'm almost six foot tall. Uh, and when a wave came, uh, my feet could no longer touch the ground. So we were out there um, not super far, but far enough that it was tough to, uh, to, to work the plane. Uh, and it was carrying a banner, as you said earlier, uh, which was acting like an anchor. Because at this point now, that banner is stretched out um, and kind of pulling the plane back out um, yeah, off the coast even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, were able to um, start to get to the point where we could we could see him. We were pulling on the plane, trying to pull it into shore. Um, some guys made a, uh, uh, a human chain uh, and were pulling it from the shore, trying to pull it to the shore uh, just to get it up on some sand so that way um, somebody could extract the, the pilot. And it, at this point, there is no lifeguard. This is an unlifeguarded beach. So oh, it's wow. seven to 12 guys who can swim, are strong, but have no life-saving skills amongst us. Now, your adrenaline's got to be kicking in through, right the, now, right? through the roof, through the roof. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, lifting up those plane wings, uh, no one told me how much they weigh. Uh, and I, I don't know for sure, but standing in sand, pushing against water, Mm-hmm. And trying to lift up a plane wing by myself, I was able to on multiple occasions. Uh, so, yes, adrenaline definitely was a, a major factor. Uh, it's like those people that say that they can lift a car up if someone's pinned underneath. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very similar type of an atmosphere and situation. And we, none of us really knew what to do. So we were just trying our very, very best to, to get this guy out. Uh, about seven, five to seven minutes maybe went by and a lifeguard did show up and was able to come swim out. And he was the one that actually uh, extracted the pilot because, uh, once again, none of us knew uh, the gentleman was hurt, uh, how we would go about getting him out safely. Um, and so uh, we worked as a team and people were just calling out ideas of what we thought might work. So eventually someone yelled for a knife and they were able to cut the banner free. Um uh-huh. And then uh, somebody was saying wave and we all kind of understood that that meant, Hey, when the wave is coming, let's all pull. Let's use the force of the ocean to help us. And then we'll rest when the wave goes back out. So we would might, might make five feet and then lose two feet and then make five more feet and then lose two feet. Uh, But at least we were making progress to get the plane closer to the shore uh, in order to get the pilot out. Uh, so how, they, how deep were you in the in the water? Where you mentioned that you at one point you your feet couldn't touch the bottom. Yeah, uh, so I'd say probably close to five six foot of water. Um, mm-hmm. In in the initial um, area, uh, as we got closer and closer, we were able to uh, the, the shore there is very long. Uh, so um, it, we were out there in the water a good bit, but it was shallow. Um, right. As we move the plane closer and closer. And once we got the once we were able to get uh, the lifeguard on board and he was able to kind of give us a little bit other instruction. But he was a young guy, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I doubt that he's ever experienced a plane in the water before. Uh, right. I put him maybe somewhere 18, 20 college kid. Um, okay. And I think he was probably just as scared as we were. In all honesty, I don't think he would deny that. Um and anytime a wave came, it would crash in uh, to the pilot, uh, who had a, a very large goose egg on his head. Um, but I will say that when we were finally able to get it to the point where we could have a conversation with him, where he was not being constantly bashed with water, uh, the very first thing that he said was, I didn't hit anybody, did I? 
or I didn't mm-hmm. hurt anybody, did I? Uh, and I, I do clearly remember yelling out to the guy because I was one of the closer ones on the wing to him was the only person hurt yourself, bud. Cause he, he did a good job of not hurting my family, which would have been the very first family he would have encountered. Um, had he been in the air two seconds longer, mm-hmm. um, but he was more concerned about others than he was about himself at that point. Um, and the, uh, the, the straps, uh, I think he was at some point, I'm, I'm assuming that when he crashed and he was still underwater, that he was able to loosen the, his seatbelt or his straps. Uh, but I believe they were caught in his feet. And so the lifeguard was able to pull that out. And then we were able to uh, to come around to the side where once he was pulled out and then carry him up onto the shore with the help of other lifeguards and uh, some other bystanders as well. Yeah, I read that he had some some fairly significant injuries and he was in um, the hospital for a while. I'm not sure if you've uh, you've been you've been following his his uh, recovery or not. Um, I have not. I've honestly it's it's something where it's uh, it's very surreal um, that it even happened. Even talking about it now, it almost feels like a movie scene uh, that I wasn't really a part of it. It's almost like a proxy that I was even there thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch uh, the video that he released uh, stating that he was okay and that he wanted to know who um, the, his rescuers were. Uh, yeah. And it really, it was just a, 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 a bunch of guys who didn't let the fear of what could happen stop them from trying to do what we knew was right. Now, this was the, was this the first day of your vacation? Uh, this was the second day of our vacation, the second day okay. on the beach itself. So the first day, um, my brother did not join us until the, the next day. Um, and this the, that was the day that he joined us was the plane crash. He was there for 15 minutes on his vacation before our plane crashed. So it was very, very uh, surprising for him. Good, good start to the vacation. So it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the trip. It, yeah, it really did. And that's all my kids talked about. They didn't want to go back to the beach because they were afraid of another plane crash, which is understandable uh, mm-hmm. considering my kids are seven and four uh, and had never really been to the ocean before for any large stretches aside from when my daughter was one and screamed the entire time. So this was their first real foray into beach life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a, it was definitely an, an interesting first day. Uh, and we talked with another um uh, beachgoer who was part of the rescue team as well. Uh, and he's, I guess they were there around nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock is when they got there and there was no one. Uh, and we showed up at 11 uh, and a couple other families showed up in around that time as well. And he said that if God forbid, it would have went down a half hour before there would not have been enough manpower potentially to help uh, just because everyone showed up kind of around the same time. So that was, I mean, everything, everything kind of fit into uh, the perfect situation there for, us to have a successful rescue. And as you mentioned, his, his injuries were, were, were substantial, especially, I mean, it, much better than it could have been obviously, but he had a, a very large, I'd say softball size lump on his forehead and it was bleeding. Uh, but he was, he was fully responsive. Wasn't making a whole lot of sense. A lot of times I think he was in a lot of shock, uh, but he was, uh, he was, he was breathing and that's all we could ask for. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, you mentioned that he the first thing he asked is uh, if he hurt anyone or 
or I guess he was concerned about whether he had um, he had landed on anyone in the in the surf. But um, were you able to? Did he say anything else? Were you able to communicate with him? Um, did he? You know, did he express yeah. anything while you were? Not so much expressing other thoughts. He he uh, he he said he couldn't feel his arms or his legs at the time, um, mm-hmm. but he but he was moving his arms and legs. So I think it was a shock, uh, or potentially he he could have had some nerve damage as well. I guess, um, mm-hmm. but mainly just repeating that phrase over wanted that reassurance that he didn't hurt anyone was his main concern, and then also wanting us to extricate him uh, was also obviously like, can can you help me get out of here? How was he finally extricated? So the uh, the way the plane sat, the plane sat uh, sideways, perpendicular mm-hmm. to so the the we'll say the the cockpit door, the the the, the driver side of a pilot. I don't know if the pilot side door uh, was facing the beach, uh, but the other side was the way that we could get him out because as the waves were coming, get tried the the it kept pushing the the wing in towards the sand there would be no way to successfully get him out that side. So we took him out the passenger side, uh, if you will. Uh, there was no doors. It was just like a roll cage. Uh, and so eventually, the um, with the help of the water as well, uh, the lifeguard was able to pull him out underneath the passenger side wing and pull him around the tail side of the plane. And then we were all able to get to him from there to help. Uh, there was maybe about five of us or so that tried to help carry him up the beach. And uh, at that point, our adrenaline was all, was all through the roof. Uh, there was a yeah, couple of people that were trying to help carry him and that wound up falling uh, because you're, you're trying to carry a, uh, a large man, a, a large man, a man uh, through right, right. who, who's not dead helping weight, you yeah. dead weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My, I mean, carrying my daughter through mm-hmm. that was difficult enough yet alone, a, a fully grown adult. Um, and so, yeah, that was we, we got him up onto the shore from there, and um, then the, the paramedics took over uh, at that mm-hmm. point, and we were asked to to vacate the area by some law enforcement. Um, but then some other law enforcement came over and um, saw us, the, the the group of guys that were kind of all huffing, huffing and puffing at that point. I'm a I'm a big guy myself, um, mm-hmm. not not in the the greatest of shapes in the world, but I'm I'm strong and I'm able to do things. Uh, he saw all of us standing over there um, and he told us we could stay as long as we needed to um, and kind of just talk through it. Cause he realized we had been through a traumatic event as well as the pilot. Uh, ours was not the same level of trauma as the pilot, but we all went through something as well. So uh, they let us hang out uh, and talk amongst ourselves for a little bit. And then we kind of went our own separate ways uh, and they actually put the beach cones to say, Hey, don't cross this line. There's an airplane in the water. Uh, okay. Right at the corner of uh, our our camp, our beach site, campsite, if you will. Uh, but they didn't make us move, which was really nice because we had a lot of stuff for three full families that were all coming together on vacation. Now, uh, I would imagine that this being a public beach, there was probably a lot of different types of rescuers, like, like, you know, old, young, I mean, what was, what, what would you say was the, like the, um, the general like makeup of the people who, who sprung into action? I would say, uh, somewhere ages 25 to 50, maybe mm-hmm. 55. Uh, the old, some of the older, uh, like my father didn't come out. My, my, my dad is, uh, uh, older in his sixties 
yeah. and he can't swim. So that would make it very difficult to be part of a water rescue when you can't swim. Uh, so there was yeah. a number of older guys that were on the beach uh, that were kind of helping out and, and directing. And uh, But I'd say somewhere 25 to 55 was the average age. Uh, most people were, were in way better shape than I was, uh, but they didn't come out until a little bit later on. There was there, It was pretty sparsely populated right there, so some guys had to run a, a good bit to come out and help. Did you stay longer then? Yeah, we were, I mean, that was, uh, that was 15 minutes into our day. So we, uh, we got back to our, uh, after a little while, maybe it was 1230 or so, um, that happened around 1115, 1130, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe about 1230, we were back sitting at our, our beach area again. Uh, and my wife tried to hand me a sandwich, uh, for lunch and my, uh, my right arm would not stop moving because I had so much adrenaline. Uh, inside me. So oh, wow. uh, sat there for a little while until I calmed down. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then we stayed till probably about four o'clock. Uh, we watched the, we went out in the water again. Uh, we, we just stayed away from where the plane was. Um, yeah. There was a, there was fuel, but obviously in an ocean, a little bit of fuel is not going to do it a whole lot. Um, especially when you're up beach from where it happened. So we didn't go down beach. We went up beach that's where we were. So the waves, when they were crashing, the water was moving down uh, away from us. So none of it was kind of getting towards us anyway. Um, and then, yeah, we hung out the whole afternoon and watched them uh, comically try and pull the plane into shore. Uh, I, I, Once again, I doubt that they have had that water rescue of a banner plane very often. Um, so it was rather interesting because myself, my brother, my dad, we're all uh, – we'll call it outdoorsy people. There's a, another, another term for it, but we, uh, I'll just use it. We're rednecks We're we, we come up with, uh, innovative, innovative ways to do things that maybe aren't the norm. And we're watching right. them trying to, uh, to pull this plane out the most difficult way possible. Uh, and we were, uh, we were being, uh, overly critical while jumping waves out in the ocean, watching them saying, Hey, <laughs> if we were to tell them how to do this, I bet they'd get that plane out in a second. Uh, they did finally get it on shore, uh, and then as the uh, tow truck that came out was leaving, it got stuck uh, on the beach. It took a, a crazy turn that I would not have expected and, and basically beached itself. Uh, so the uh, the plane got stuck, then the tow truck got stuck. So it was, it was pretty uh, it was pretty comical from us as a, just uh, observers at that point. Uh, and then the, uh, uh, a team came out and took the wings off. Uh, they were out there for a while on the beach trying to take these wings apart. And there's a lot of screws that hold those wings on, uh, which is good. Um, they finally got the, the wings off. And then uh, before they moved the plane, I don't know when, when they actually moved the plane off the shore itself after the wings were off. Uh, we had to head back at that point. It was time for us to go wash up and grab dinner. Uh, so we left at that point. But we were there the whole day. We didn't let it ruin our day. How was the rest of your vacation? Rest of vacation was fun. It was a lot of fun and lots Beautiful of stories. Man, it's great. I, uh, I'm not a beach person. I'm a mountains person. I'm a lake and fishing person. Yeah, um, I, I do not like the beach. Uh, we went to the beach in Hawaii for our honeymoon. Love that beach because I can see the water underneath yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. But I grew up on uh, the Delaware beaches and the Jersey Shore where you can't really see a whole lot. Water's cold. Always has jellyfish or seaweed. Uh, tons of shells and rock. Tons you know, of, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to walk. Yeah, I grew up, uh, as you may know, uh, 
in South Jersey as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was definitely a very different experience with the, the beach there being a lot nicer, uh, cleaner and the water being extremely warm. It was nice. It, it, you didn't get that initial shock. So uh, I told my wife, if she wants me to be a beach person, we're going North Carolina, North Carolina and South. We're not ever going to go back to a Delaware beach ever again, or a, a Maryland beach. Um, just because I don't, I, if I, if I got to be there, I want to enjoy it. Absolutely. So when you're not performing water rescues, uh, tell us what you do here at RouteSmart. So for the sure. people that don't know. Sure. So I'm a I'm an implementation consultant, uh, which basically means once our sales team uh, has gone through the process of creating a new client or an existing client that might need some additional training, uh, I take over uh, and I either train them on how to use our software, uh, walk them through the process, uh, or we also have a process known as route sourcing where we will take all their data and maybe they're a small outfit and they don't necessarily have somebody who can learn the software. Uh, so they'll uh, contract us to perform all their routing needs for them and then just return the results. Uh, I also work with our, the folks over uh, in uh, the UK um, as we have an onboard device uh, and I'm the liaison for RouteSmart and uh, the group ISL integrated skills uh, in uh, the UK. So that's my, my major roles here as a consultant. And it's an exciting time at RouteSmart. A couple new products coming out and already out, really. And um, you want to tell us a little bit about what's new? Sure. So we're rolling out RouteSmart Online for the public works industry, uh, which we have had newspapers uh, in the RouteSmart environment, or the RouteSmart Online environment, um, even before I started. So uh, 10 days ago was my fourth uh, year anniversary with RouteSmart. And so that's been around for a while. Uh, the desktop solution has been our solution for our public works uh, since then. Uh, and we are transitioning on uh, to the RouteSmart online for waste. So uh, that's a very interesting change uh, of routing. And we're working uh, the um, commercial side of RouteSmart Online should be live uh, very soon, which will allow us to do multi-day uh, routing, which is a interesting way to route for large commercial bins. Uh, and then eventually we will uh, hopefully, I believe it's Q2 of next year, have street service routing, which is your snowplow and your street sweeping, uh, that type of activities. And that will be available um, to run in the new environments as well. That being the route smart for ArcGIS Pro. So if you're a you're a large or a small or medium sized hauler, you might need to pay attention to some of these uh, products that can really help you help you uh, you know create efficiencies with your you know your um, your routing and um, and and of course you can you can learn about these products and there's training available coming up. Uh, Intersect, our user conference, starts September 25th in Annapolis. We're very excited about that. Uh, we already have a, a, a lot of clients that are signed up. Partners, employees are going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Um, you can find out more on our website, routesmart.com. Up on the banner, there's a link to find out more about Intersect and to register. Remember, it is free for clients. Uh, you just have to get there. We hope that we do see you there. I know you're looking forward to intersect, Dave. 
I am very much looking forward to it. And it's, uh, it's in Annapolis this year, which is not too yep. far from where I'm located. Uh, so it's maybe about an hour and a half drive, which is nice. Uh, it's always nice when we get to meet our clients where they are, uh, whether it be in Orlando or uh, San Diego or wherever we have it. But it's also nice to have it back home uh, in our own backyard. Uh, it makes it a little bit more accessible for the Ralph Smart staff to be there as well. Uh, I'll be there starting Sunday. I'll be there from Sunday through Thursday. Um, but the main part of our we have our training on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday will be the actual conference itself. And this year we wait. We've waived the fee for training. Yes, so we have. Be, uh, it's, uh, that's a thousand dollar value, I believe, right? Yes, yes, uh, and being absolutely free, uh, and which I think is a great opportunity for people who. Um, even if they don't have routes one online yet, but want to see kind of what it looks like, want to get a little bit of hands-on experience. Uh, maybe they're currently on desktop and want to see what the online experience will yield them. I think it's a perfect opportunity for that, especially because that is the way that we're going to be going. Uh, and to your, to your point earlier about uh, large, medium, and small-scale operations, I think this really opens us up to those smaller haulers um, where our price point might have been a little bit out of their reach prior because – uh, we were more geared towards a, a larger, uh, the software isn't cheap. The desktop software, you, you can't, uh, you, it's, it works phenomenally, but you have to uh, be able to have somebody that works it. So you need a little bit of a larger outfit. Uh, now with it being available to uh, the smaller guys, um, one, two truck operations, um, it meets them at their price point and it's not overly um, GIS centric. Uh, anybody, I can pull anybody off the street I could teach my wife, I could teach my sister, I could teach my dad how to use the software and they'd understand it because it, it makes sense. It doesn't require a vast knowledge of GIS, whereas our desktop product does. That's a very good point. So we have Dave Oxenfer. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we, he's a uh, you know implementation consultant and also a newly uh, water rescuer, or a beach rescuer here. <laughs> um, so... Uh, thank you for your time. Again, um, you know, if you want to learn more about Intersect, it is on our website, uh, routesmart.com. And then you can uh, see the banner at the top. Uh, it's in red. It talks about uh, click on that and it'll, it'll take you to the Intersect landing page. It has more information and a uh, chance to register. So we do hope that you register for Intersect. Uh, it's less than a month away. Um, and you can find more uh, information about RouteSmart in general on RouteSmart.com um, and the different industries that we work in. Um, I want to thank you for for uh, tuning in today. Um, you can, of course, subscribe to our podcast on all the pod major podcast platforms. That includes uh, uh, we're on Apple and Spotify and all all those great ones. And, um, at, you know, if you subscribe and uh, we publish a new episode you get a push notification usually that we have a new episode so you can you can listen in um so i hope everyone has a great day and talk to you soon thanks thank you for tuning in to right on time with route smart make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode you can always catch up on our previous episodes by searching for us on amazon music apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts Learn more by visiting RouteSmart Technologies on social media or by visiting us at RouteSmart.com.